Hey everybody, it's Dan with Church Table Productions and another What's It and What Nots About Christianity. And uh, this episode, this week, we are going to do King Herod. King Herod. Why is King Herod so important? And uh, why was it important to the story? Because King Herod actually plays a major role into when Jesus was born. And Jesus was born um, uh, because it says so. It's in the Bible, in the book that tells you so. So, anyways... Uh, Jesus, when's King Herod? King Herod was a bad guy, so to speak. Was he or was he not? Hmm. Um, what was, why was King Herod labeled such a bad person? And, uh, we'll get into that because, um, in the Bible, it tells us so. And the book that tells you so, King Herod was this guy. All right. Anyways. So, hey, Church Table Productions, Facebook, Church Table Productions, gmail.com. Give me a shout. Give me a look up talk to you then we'll see you then but right now we're gonna talk about this king herod king herod and king herod agrippa that's the, that's the story all right here we go just jump in the reason why i want to focus on king herod is because of several reasons king herod the massacre of the infants king herod the king herod agrippa and acts and clearly two different people but with the name with the same intentions the persecution of Christians or Jews in their time. I think understanding the history of the two kings is what led them to do what they ultimately did. I'm going to get into great detail about this because there's a lot of details about the King Herod's plural meaning more than one. Um, you'll probably figure it out like there's parts I'm reading. There's parts I remember in my original um, few my, a few weeks ago, my original thing about uh when there's somebody jamming out outside or is that a plane can you hear it anyways uh, uh, a few weeks ago I talked about I forgot what I was saying anyways so we're gonna go oh so I was writing I'm writing all this stuff up so stuff I've written is what you'll see oh he's reading something yes I have a script I wrote something down I wrote all the stuff down so that way I had an idea which way to go <clears throat> whereas Right now, I'm totally ad-libbing everything, and that's why it sounds pretty weird, right? Anyways, <clears throat> back to it. <clears throat> Let's start. Let's start with King Herod when Jesus was born. It's actually kind of hard to just jump in the middle of his his history because it all leads to into each other. You should be you would be confused if I just started here or there with no prior context to why. So let's just dive in. Drink water. This post might be kind of long too. <clears throat> Let's start with King Herod. Okay, Herod. Herod had a couple names. Herod the Great, Latin, Herodus Magnus, born 73 BCE, died March, April 4th BCE, Jericho of Judea. Roman appointed King of Judea, 37 to 4 BCE, or before Christ, who built many fortresses, aqueducts, theaters, and other public buildings and generally raised the prosperity of his land, but who was a center of political and family intrigues in his later years. Intrigues. I wonder what that means. The New Testament portrays him as a tyrant because of his actions after he heard about the birth of Jesus, the newborn king. Herod was born in southern Palestine. His father Antipar was the was in uh, Edomite, E-D-O-M-I-T-E, 
Antipater was a man, Antipater, um, A-N-T-I-P-A-T-E-R, was a man of great influence and wealth who, <clears throat> who's, who increased both by marrying the daughter of Nobel, of the noble Nobel, of a noble from Petra, P-E-T-R-A, which is actually a place, you can actually see Petra in the Indiana Jones movies, where like in the Indiana Jones Last Crusade, where they're talking about um, where you know where they're going into these temples and carving a rock, that's Petra. <coughs> Excuse me, the capital of the rising Arab Nabataran Kingdom. Uh, I'll spell it Arab Arab A R A B Nabataran N A B A T A E A N Kingdom, which make Herod. Arab origin, although he was a practicing Jew. Get into that in a minute. When Pompey invaded Palestine in 63 BCE, Antipar supported his campaign and began a long association with Rome. Hi, we're friends. From which both he and Herod were to benefit. Six, year late, six years later, Herod met Mark Antony, who became his lifelong friend. Julius Caesar has also favored the family. He appointed Antipar, procurer of Judea, and his children. Herod made his political debut in the same year when his father appointed him governor of Galilee. Six years later, Mark Antony made him Tetrarch of Galilee. Maybe I should have defined what Tetra means because I don't know. Uh, I guess it means like governor or something like that. Excuse me. <clears throat> Water. <clears throat> in 40 BCE, the, the Parthians invaded Palestine. Civil war broke out. All hell broke loose, and Herod was forced to flee to back to Rome. The Senate there nominated him king of Judea and equipped him with an army to make God good his claim. So basically, that means Rome says, Here you go, here's our army. Take Judea. And force, if you need to, you have the backup. All right. <clears throat> in the year 37 BCE, at the age of 36, Herod became the unchallenged ruler of Judea, a position he was to maintain for 32 years. To further solidify his power, he divorced his first wife, Doris, sent her and his son away from court, and married Miriam, M-A-R-I-A-M-N-E, a... Hesrim Hasmonean H A S M O N E A N Princess. Although the union was directed at ending his feud with the Hasmoneans, a priestly father of Jewish leaders, he was deeply in love with Miriam. Okay, so remember uh you ever watch history stuff where or know about history things where like they married each other to gain like it's especially happened a lot during the uh during the renaissance period where so-and-so married so-and-so to make this make this treaty a stronger treaty like that's my son over there so we're not going to uh, that's my grandson so we're not going to attack that's my mother that's my wife's father-in-law so we're not going to attack them that's kind of how that worked in that period <clears throat> so <clears throat> excuse me uh, during the conflict between Octavian and Antony, the heirs to Caesar's power, Herod supported his friend Antony. 
Um, he continued to do so even when Antony's mistress Cleopatra, the queen of Egypt, used her influence with Antony to gain much of Herod's best land. After Antony's final defeat of Actium in 31 BC, he frankly confessed to the victorious Octavian which said which side he had taken. Octavian, who had met her Herod in Rome, knew <clears throat> that he was the one man to rule Palestine as Rome wanted it ruled and confirmed king, confirmed him king. He also restored to Herod the land Cleopatra. He also restored the land Cleopatra had taken. Herod became the closest friend to Augustine's great minister, Marcus Vipsanus Agrippov, V-I-P-S-A-N-I-U-S, Agrippov. Agrippa spelled A-G-R-I-P-P-A. Both the emperor and the minister paid him state visits. Augustus increased, <coughs> Augustus increased Herod's territory by two times its size in the years 22 and 20 BC. It included not only Palestine but parts of of what they are what what are now the kingdom of Jordan to the east of the river and southern Lib- Le- Lebanon and Syria. He had intended to give he had intended to give the Nabataean kingdom of Herod as well, but by the time the throne fell vacant, Herod's mental and physical dis- uh, d- deterioration made it impossible. Oh my god, these names are terrible. No wonder we have simple names today, right? <clears throat> so uh, I made a side note to this because I found it very interesting to me to know that even though all this other stuff was going on, major other characters in the world's history stage was there, like Cleopatra, Julius Caesar. Those guys were, those people were alive and well. Anth- Mark Anthony, those were all a lot, they were alive and well during these early days of Christian, of Christianity, which I thought was also, I think that's very interesting how. This all lined up. <clears throat> so, <coughs> um, all right, back to it. Herod endowed his realm with massive fortresses and splendid cities, of which two great, which, of which the two greatest were new and largely pagan foundations, the port of Caesarea, Palestine, on the coast between Joppa, Jaffa, or Jaffa. And Hafia, which was afterward to become the capital of Rome, of Roman Palestine. Uh, and Sabasta of the long, desolate site of ancient Samaria. At Herodium, in a Judean desert, Herod built a great palace, which archaeologists in 2007 tentatively identified as a site of his tomb. In Jerusalem, he built the fortress of Antium, and, and uh, Antium, A-N-T-O-N-I-A, portions of which were, uh, which may still be seen beneath the covenants of, the convents of the Via, of the Via Dolorosa. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> and a magnificent palace of which part survives in a citadel. His most grandiose creation was a temple which he wholly rebuilt, wholly rebuilt, the great court, 
the great outer court, 35 acres in existence, is still visible as Harim the Harim Sheriff. He also uh, embellished foreign cities, Beirut, Damascus, Antioch, and Rhodes, and many towns. Man, these, uh, yeah, it's why we don't have these words in America no more, <clears throat> or, ever ha- or ever have, because, I mean, I'm sure we'd be able to say them today just fine, but no. Uh, <clears throat> Herod patronized the Olympic uh, patronized the Olympic Games, uh, whose president he became. So if it wasn't for King Herod, we wouldn't have the Olympic Games. That's interesting. Whose presidents, who, 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 who president he became. In his own kingdom, he, he, uh, he could not give full reign to his love of magnificence for fear of offending the Pharisees, the, uh, the leading faction of Judaism. With whom, with whom he has always the conflict between the they regarded as a foreigner. Herod, okay, so yeah, he's like you're not from here, so who are you? Uh, Herod undoubtedly saw himself not merely as a patron of grateful pagans, but also of the patron of Jewry, outside of Palestine, whose Gentile host, whose Gentile host, he did all of his power, did all in his power to. Consolate. <laughs> Golly. Ugh. I can't believe I wrote all that. What was I thinking? That's a lot of nothing. But it's something. Unfortunately, there was a dark and cruel staked streak in Harris' character that showed itself increasingly as he grew older. That old man, get off my lawn, you kids. His mental instability was fed by the intrigue and, de- and deception that meant that meant on with within his own family. Despite his love for Miriam, he was prone to violent attacks of jealousy. His sister Selim made good use of of his natural suspicions and poisoned his mind against his wife in order to wreck the union. In the end, Herod murdered Miriam, her two sons, her brother, her, her grandfather, and her mother, a woman of Vilest stamp of the vilest stamp who had often aided his sister Salem's schemes. Uh, besides Doris and Miriam, Herod had eight other wives and had children by six of them. He had 14 children. He got around. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> In the last years, Harris suffered from articulosis. He had to uh, he had to repraise a revolt, repress a revolt, became involved in a quarrel with Nabatean neighbors, with his Nabatean Nabatean neighbors, and finally lost his favor of Augustus. Finally lost the favor of Augustus. He was in great pain and mental and physical disorder. He altered he altered his will three his will three times and finally disinherited. And killed his firstborn, uh, Antipater. The slain shortly, this slain shortly before his death, and of the infants of Bethlehem was wholly consistent with the disarray into which he had fallen. After an unsuccessful attempt at suicide, Herod died. 
His final testament provided that subject to Augustian sanction, his realm would be divided amongst his sons. Archelaus, Archelaus should be king of Judea and Samaria with Philip and Antipas and Antipas sharing the re remainder of Tetras as Tetras. I guess they're like mayors or something. As I research, okay, so as I researched this, I was actually surprised to know who he was, to of who he was. I talked about this minute ago. I'm gonna talk about it again because I actually wrote this part down of who he knew: Mark, Anthony, Cleopatra, and Julius Caesar, and also the timeline of it all. Because when we think of Egypt, we think uh, we think way back to the Great Pyramids, the Sphinx, the Pharaohs. We will never know if Mary and Joseph took two-year-old Jesus to see the pyramids, but it's still not, uh, still need to realize how close they were to all of it. It's clear that King Herod did a lot of good for the area. He built a lot of places that married Jesus, Joseph, and later, this, and later his disciples all walked around Jerusalem. It's then clear that when King Herod made his faithful decision to massacre the innocents, he was a very old man for his time and suffering from artic articulosis or thickening and hardening of the walls of his arteries, which comes with old age. Even though that's not an excuse, his history to why he did what he did shows a slow decline in his mental and physical abilities before the wise men ever showed up. <clears throat> All right. All right. Can you drink water there? Continuing on. <clears throat> I just recently learned that there could be a specific reason to why the massacred innocence was never recorded outside of Bible. I have the book Antiquities of the Jews by J Flavius by Flavius Joseph. This book and his words and his words and I quote, now I have undertaken the present work as thinking it will appear to all the Greeks worthy of their study for it will contain all our antiquities and the constitution of our government as inter as interpreted out of the Hebrew scriptures in these books, 20 in quote in these books, 20 volumes is mentioned clear is mentioned. It mentions everything of importance that happened in the Hebrew people because Herod, because Herod ordered a killing of two year olds and younger. He might have only met in Bethlehem, which then Bethlehem only had 200 to a thousand people living in it. It was a small village then, so 200 to 20 to 100 children, boys, <clears throat> 200 to 100 boy children, two and under, could have been alive at that time, which would have made a which have which wouldn't have made a big problem at in that time, considering that most children didn't live past two years old anyway. More in his book later. Okay, so what I meant by writing that, and I wrote this part, <clears throat> um is that when when okay so there's actually a lot to this part so when jesus was uh so back in those time period in that time period um in fact all the way up until i don't know 40s and the 50s of in the 1940s and 50s many families had a lot of children they had up to nine ten kids and the reason behind that is not only because they're bored and had nothing else to do than have sex with each other is the fact that Children back then typically didn't live past a certain age because of sickness, disease, or whatever. A simple cut on a finger could kill you. It could get infected and kill you. 
So when Jesus, uh, <clears throat> so when 20 to 100 kids were slaughtered, it could have been ramped up that they were just sick. And, and King Herod being the king didn't have to tell anybody what he was doing because when we get into this later, the Magi, and to the next post of the Magi, <clears throat> when he told his people to go do what he wanted to do, this it was a secret. They went and slaughtered everybody. And, you know, even though it was a huge and terrible thing that happened to the people in Bethlehem, who are they? Who's going to listen to these people that these soldiers came in the night or in the day and killed their two year old son or one year old son, two and under? Uh, so it just it happened or it may not have happened, depending on who you talk to, but we believe it did because that's what Christians believe, right? Okay. Um, all right. <clears throat> Uh, let's see, where can I get into this? All right. And, uh, grandson. So I actually went into more into this because of, let's see, uh, all right. Uh -huh. Um, could it go right here? Okay. Okay, in Acts 12, 2 to 5, about the time Herod laid his hands upon his members of the church to harm them, he had James, the brother of John, killed by the sword, and then, okay, so this is after all Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so basically what I was trying to get to on this part was that when Jesus, uh, King Herod had his two sons, and they all took the name King Herod, and King Herod, his sons, the persecution of the Christians went on into Acts, which was much later. Um, AD 68 is kind of when it ended. So anyways, basically what happened was that King Herod, his sons continued on with, you know, the apple doesn't far fall from the tree, doesn't fall, fall far from the tree. It happened, it continued on into uh, AD 68. So, and um, when they finally died, it, kind of went from there. So <clears throat> that's what King Herod is. So King Herod was a the reason why I want to focus on King Herod is because King Herod was an important part to two things. One, the massacre of the innocence of the Christmas story. And two, of uh, when Jesus was born coexists to when Jesus, when King Herod died. We'll get into that in the next post. All right. So sorry for a little bit of the blah, 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 but that's the way it is. The whole point of the whole point to this was to show you before and after Jesus persecution was was always a problem anyway that's it okay so that's it for this post i was surprised myself to, to see a family line that had it out for early christians blah 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 the next post is going to be about the magi magi are a big huge part of the story so that's it for now i'm damn church tip productions what's it what nights of christianity till next time love you bye